Hey friends, welcome to episode 120 of the Fierce Calling Podcast. I'm your host, Doris Swift. Thank you for joining me. Welcome, welcome. And I am so thankful that you're listening in. And today we're talking about partnering with God in advancing your career. And some of you might work outside the home. Some of you might work from home. Some of you um, may be caring for your littles. And there's so many things that women do, so many hats that we wear. And women face unique challenges when they desire to advance in their careers. And so partnering with God is so important. My guest today is Mary Jervich, and she is an author, speaker, and career coach. And she helps women realize their value, produce a strategic career plan, and increase their influence wherever God places them. And she is the creator of My Promotional Plan, which is a plan that she actually drew up herself uh, to enable her to get a promotion. And it really worked. And there's an 83% success rate with those who follow this plan. And she helps women proactively move forward in the work that they love to do. So I know what Mary has to say is going to encourage, inspire, and challenge you. So listen in while I have a chat with Mary Jirich. And first, I would love for you to listen in to this message from Access More so you can check out some more amazing Christian podcasts that will encourage, inspire, and challenge you. To go deeper in your faith, even while you're on the go, no matter how busy the season you're in, Access More has a library of faith-based podcasts to help you grow spiritually. With podcasts from Christian thought leaders such as Christine Kane, Lisa Harper, Taryn Wells, and Bob Goff, you can hear podcasts on religion, culture, family, entertainment, and so much more. Access More gives you a safe space to find inspiring conversations about faith. Start listening today at accessmore.com or the Access More app. Welcome back to the Fierce Calling Podcast. I am so excited today to welcome my friend, Mary Jervich. She is an award-winning CEO and founder of My Promotion Plan, which we'll hear more about, and the number one best-selling author of God's Not Done With You, How to Advance Your Career and Live in Abundance. And don't you just love that title? God's not done with you, friend. So we're going to talk more about that. And she's also the host of the Mary Jervich Show. And she loves to help people and empower them to overcome limiting beliefs. And that is so important. And it just really brings her joy. And we're going to talk about that too. So welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks for being on. Thank you, Doris. It's a pleasure to be here. And hello, listeners. It's a pleasure to be spending this time with you, too. Thank you. Yeah, I am so excited to have you on. Our mutual friend, Cindy, introduced us. And I just love what your work, your business, but your ministry really is about. So I would love if you would take a few minutes and just tell us more about yourself and a little bit about your story and how you're taking action where your passion, compassion, and conviction intersect, Mary. Perfect. Well, my story actually starts a few years ago, and obviously there's many, many stories, but today I'll, I'll just share with you about my career advancement journey because God met me during this time. Um, I was saved back in 2009, but here I was a few, probably about four years ago now, I found myself being really uncertain of myself whenever it came to advancing in my career. And my husband could see how capable I was, but I had received a 
a raise and a promotion that I wasn't really proud of. And it made me kind of have a lot of self-doubt, not thinking that I was capable of being an executive. And so my husband would tell me all the time how capable I was. And I would tell him every little flaw or every way I didn't really measure up to the other person that was in the role and why they were a better fit. And it was through this time that I actually was at a leadership meeting. And during this meeting, I became inspired. And during this meeting, I stood up and I said, I'm going to be the next COO of this company. And I said that to the then COO. Now, I wasn't kicking them out. I figured there was at least 10 years, but it was time for me to start believing in myself and my abilities. And little did I know that three months later, this position would open up and I knew what I had to do. I had to walk down the hall and I had to talk to my boss and tell him that I wanted this open position because in the past we had looked outside of the company to hire for this position. And so my palms are sweaty. I had a lump in my throat and I started that long, what seemed like such a long walk down the short office. Mm-hmm. And I got to his door and I knocked on it and I came in and I sat down and he asked me what I wanted. And I told him I wanted the open position. And that's when he told me that we're not sure that you're right for the position. Um, we're not sure if you're capable of doing this role, but there was a little hope. If you can do the job, then we'll give you the pay and the title to go with it. And at this moment, so many emotions kind of flooded my body and my mind, but I stood up from that chair and I just said, challenge accepted. All right. (laughs) Exactly. Right. And so here I was, I was going about trying to figure out how I was going to prove that I could do this role. Well, searching on Google and reading books, it really left me a little bit confused on what to do because it said, get on strategic projects, but I already was. Mm -hmm. I already had mentors. It told me to ask. I was doing all of these things. I was named team member of the year the year before, so I thought people clearly knew my accomplishments. I had the largest and most successful coaching load, so I was really baffled by what what do I do? Well, I had really good ideas. I had a vision for the company, but it didn't feel like I could just start implementing it. But every time I would try to talk about these ideas, I was often met with devil's advocates or there was questioning or we just kind of ran out of time. It never felt like I could fully get the idea out in a really meaningful way. So one day I found myself sitting at the office on my day off, racking my brain with what I was going to do. And it was that day that my husband called me and he said, Mary, I think I'm going to be out of my job. My company's going in a different direction. So here I was, my husband, the breadwinner is losing his job. We just had our fourth child and I can't earn a promotion. And in that moment, Doris, God spoke to me and he said, Mary, make a plan. And so I told my husband, I'm like, everything's going to be okay. You know, and and, you know, that peace and that grace, (laughs) praise God, all that came in. (laughs) So I could be that good supportive wife in that moment. And I just told him, everything's going to be okay. God told me to make this plan. So I went to work documenting this vision that I had for the company. And a few weeks later, I slipped it in on my boss's office, not knowing what was going to happen. And to my delight, he came to my door that day and he said, this is so impressive when are we meeting about this? And I'm like, tomorrow. (laughs) So the very next day, I became vice president of operations. 
And I really wanted the CLO role. So another year later, I put another plan together. And when I turned that one in, I was made chief operating officer. Now the plans worked so well for implementing. I could literally get all of my ideas approved in one hour. So this was saving me so much time in meetings, trying to get all these approvals that I thought, well, do it again and get my ideas approved. And so I turned in my third promotion plan. And that's when I was told I was on track to be CEO in one to two years. I was made a partner and I was encouraged to start my own business, which I have today. Wow. And at this point, I knew God had given me a plan and I needed to share it with others because before I was having doubt. And now I had full confidence in my abilities and my ability to communicate it. Before I was not valuing myself and now I knew my value. And so I started teaching other people this promotion planning process and this amazing thing happened. They were getting the exact same results. People that were deemed unpromotable in the past now earning promotions and much larger than the 3%. So here people were that had been passed over, deemed unpromotable or weren't being approached for promotions, or maybe there weren't current openings, but they were able to replicate the same system I use to earn promotions and raises on the spot. And it was through this that God really showed me because I just thought, oh, I just thought it was me, right? I didn't even realize other people were struggling. I just thought I got self-doubt. This is all me. And it was after this, when I was interviewing people that I started to realize that there was an epidemic. And as I continued to dig in and study careers, because I started to write my book at the beginning of 2020, which is a whole nother thing, but it was at this time that I really said, okay, I'm going to work with women. And through niching down and studying this, I started to realize the silent things that were actually preventing me from advancing when I didn't even know it. And now I understand why the promotion plan works because it overcomes the biases that women face a lot in the workplace today that make us just believe that we are defective when that isn't the case. And it's not that other people are being malicious or you know, trying to hold us back. And in some, in some cases they are, but in a lot they're not. But this plan actually did all that heavy lifting. And I'm just was so grateful that God gave me the plan that I wanted to share it with the world. Wow. I love how you just laid all that out and how you could see clearly that God was in the whole entire thing. And, you know, going from the beginning where you were talking about how you had self-doubt and you, you were comparing yourself to other people in those roles that you thought you might want to be in someday, but look how they do it and all that. But it's so cool how your husband saw something in you that you didn't really even recognize yourself and supported you that way. But how you had that turning point. I love when you stood up, that boldness, when you stood up in that room and you kind of claimed it. It's kind of like reminds me of the word where it says that God calls things into being um, the things that are not or calls into being those things that are not or something like that is, you know, that's, that's a plan. And so when he told you, make a plan, Mary, uh, that was, that was good. And it was like, you know, cause you, you had a choice. You could, you could panic or make a plan, you know? And so God said, I have plans for you. So you made a plan and then you could consistently see how this plan was bearing fruit and then it was bearing fruit for other people. So that's really awesome. I love it. And you could see how there's potential in people that is just so untapped, right, Mary? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's unique because 
you know, one of the things I talk about a lot is the motherhood penalty or maternal bias. It's one of the biggest reasons why we have a gender parity gap. When they do the studies, what they've identified is that the largest gap exists between working moms, whether it's position or pay, right, to to white men. That's just how they do the studies. And so we see this huge gap. But the other thing that I see is how women, how we devalue ourselves too. Mm. And so part of what God is like calling me to do, I feel like he's calling me to do is help people to see their value. And our true value is not found in our paychecks. It's found in the love of Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to this episode that is part of the Spark Media Network that can now be heard on the Edify app. Our true value is not found in our paychecks. It's found in the love of Jesus Christ. Like our creator has already paid the biggest price we can't he can't give us any more right he's already paid everything he's already said you are immensely valuable you are the most valuable thing so he sent jesus to come and die for us so we could have this relationship with him so you know we have to understand that our value is not equated to these dollars these cents these titles but at the same time that doesn't mean that we can't value ourselves. If anything, we should value ourselves more because our heavenly father is valuing ourselves so much that we should not be diminishing the gifts that he's given us. That is so good. And then when you think about it too, it's, you know, oftentimes we put everything on ourselves, like that we're going to be the ones doing it. And we have the Lord behind us and, and helping us. And, you know, the Holy Spirit is our helper and we can have that boldness to rise up and do what he's calling us to do because the the way I'm kind of listening and hearing how you're explaining all of these things, oftentimes those people that are in the positions ahead, mm-hmm. they have a responsibility too. So they have to be confident that the person that they put in a role is going to be a good choice for that role and they may or may not be a believer so they may or may not be gaining wisdom but that doesn't mean God can't use them you know to do that so I love how your plan kind of gives them this picture that hey this person this person has what it takes right here and I think I can see them going further so how does that all play out in your plan that you do when you coach people yeah. And so it's, it's really unique because the, the unique thing is, it's like, when I started to write the book, God wasn't going to be a part of the book. Like mm-hmm. he wasn't in the book. And so I started writing the book and I got the whole manuscript done and me writing a book is a sheer miracle. Mm-hmm. Um, because I actually didn't believe that I was capable of reading and writing and spelling. I thought I was actually really terrible at these things. I was terrible at these things. And I held on to this limiting belief until August of 2019. Mm. I was still holding this belief and it was still holding me back because I wouldn't want to post something. I wouldn't want to write something. I mean, my gosh, if you, I mean, the first time my boss, who was a doctor, asked me to proofread something, I'm like, are you? please don't call me to write on the board. Like this is like the worst thing ever, you know? And so here I was having all these doubts about just being able to write and my world was changed 
through hearing Dr. Bruce Lipton speak, I was able to understand how our subconscious programs work and how we create these beliefs and these programs at such young ages. And I talk about all this stuff in my book, how to create new beliefs, but it was this interesting thing. Once I got to writing the manuscript that God's like, I'm supposed to be in your book. And you know, like I, God's talking to us all the time. We're not always hearing him, mm. but when you hear him, it's like, Oh, okay. And so I was like, this, this can't actually be right though. Like <laughs> this is a procrastination, perfectionistic technique because I already had some fears around writing and writing a book mm-hmm. and talking about my career and all of these things. And so I thought this must just be something. And so I asked my editor, Emily, and she said, you should absolutely put God in your book. He's been in your heart this whole time. And he's part of your process. And for believers, he is part of the process because we actually partner with God for our promotion mm-hmm. because there's a lot of, you know, things that we have to wrestle with as believers, right? Because we're like, well, money is evil. Well, no, money isn't evil, but the love of money is evil, but you need money to live. So it's like, well, should I desire this? And it's, it's when we can put our focus on God first and seek his kingdom. That's what he tells us. Seek my kingdom first and everything else will be given to you. And understanding that he's really designed us to work because here's the thing. I have a, my promotion plan program, an online course that people, women go through and they create their own promotion plans. And we have weekly group coaching calls. And what would come up on these calls is, well, I want to have a child. Should I really want a promotion? Or I want to have another child. Is this really the right time? Or is it okay for me to ask for more money? Um, I kind of feel greedy. And so these things would come up. And so these are the things, these are the things that most people are just thinking and not saying, but we have the ability to say these in these intimate calls that we have. And so we can talk through these, these scenarios, because the truth is, is that God does want you to advance. He wants you to use his, the gifts he's given you fully. He tells us that in the Bible and it's okay for us to be ambitious. We shouldn't have selfish ambition, but the purpose of work and women were created to work too. That's another thing that's, you know, very misguided because the word helper is used in Genesis two, when the woman was cre- is created, when God creates woman, he's, you know, he says, I'm going to make a helper suitable for you. Well, that word has been transferred and translated from the word Azar, which God actually uses in the Bible. The other times it's used, it's God as help or it's used as a military term. So it's like, God is our help. So if God's our help and that's the way we're translating it, this is a powerful helper. This isn't a remedial assistant over here. It is not someone that's secondary. It's, and we're both made in the image of God. And it's not just one of us. We're both made in the image of God. And we were both put in the garden and we were both put there. And part of our duties is to work. God wants us to work. And that's another thing that society as a whole teaches us that, you know, you actually want to just get to where you can do nothing. It's like leisure is elevated in our society, but God didn't put them in the garden and just say, have a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. He said, have dominion over this, right? Take care of this. And so And it's once they were both put there, right? God didn't even send the rain. The seeds actually weren't even cultivated until man was on earth because our job was 
And it's not that we're God's slaves. He's working too, because we're made in his image. So he wants us to create. And so work is actually using the gifts and the energy and the creative energy that the Lord has given us to serve others in a loving way, because God calls us to love. And so work is love. And it's a way that we can show God love. And it's a way that we can show others the love of God. So whether it's at a job or at your home, all the work counts. It's not that you shouldn't be a stay-at-home mom. That's fine if you are, but it's all of the work counts. So you also shouldn't feel bad if you really feel called to be in a workplace. You don't need to have mom guilt. Mm -hmm. And so it's through these conversations, Doris, that people can understand that working is actually embodying biblical principles as a woman. Mm -hmm. And it's through this and through what I call harmonizing the heart and renewing the mind. One thing you said, Doris, is, you know, we have the Holy Spirit helping us. We have Jesus helping us. Well, I know me. I didn't know that for a long time. I was a Christian and I, I did not know that Jesus lived in my heart. Mm -hmm. Um, I did not know. I mean, I accepted it into my heart and I had an instant heart change and I was completely transformed my life. Like there's no way that it was anything but the Holy spirit and God moving in. Like there's no way, right? Because I went from drinking to not drinking. I went from having sex to not having sex until I'm married. And these were not choices I could just make. Like I was in a deep depression. It was, people were trying to help me and it wasn't helping. And so I know very clearly I have this heart transfer, but what happened over time, slowly, I felt myself kind of going back into my old patterns and and back into different thought processes and different things. And I'm like, I, I wanted that yearning. I had a yearning to feel the way I felt when I was first saved. I remember one time I was actually, I, it's when I met my husband before we were married, we were taking this trip in Texas um, to go skydiving, which I'll never skydive today. I have no desire to, but I was going with my sister and she introduced me to my now husband on this trip. And somebody's literally putting rotten tomatoes on my sandwich. And I was just like, I don't need any tomatoes. No, thank you. (laughs) It's just so calm, you know? And so I'm like, I want this back. I have this desire. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to read my Bible every day. I'm going to like, I'm never going to miss church. I'm going to volunteer more. And I went into this works mentality Mm. and I was trying to work to feel God. And it wasn't until I understood that Jesus is in my heart. Like he is here. We are one. We are together. And that, you know, the Holy Spirit is in my heart and is God's pursuing me and like all of God's love. I didn't even understand that God was love. I kind of felt like he was a little evil and, you know, he was condemning me and, but he's not, he's this good father. And of course he, he, disciplines and corrects us, but he's a gentle father Mm. and a loving father, but I didn't understand these things. And so I was just trying to work back to it. And I feel like there's other Christians that are in the same space. I actually have a course that I created harmonizing the heart and renewing the mind. Um, And it's a pay what you can course. And we donate all the money to different ministries, but it goes through the different principles that I learned that actually helped me renew my mind So I could get out of the crazy thinking patterns because a lot of us have this inner critic a lot. It's all the time. A lot, a lot of people, I just saw this post on Facebook the other day that said, 
how loud is your inner critic on a scale of one to 10? And most people were 10. Some people were a hundred or a thousand or eight. And I was like, Oh, that's not peace, but we can't ever find that peace and rest. And I'm not saying I'm like always on peace and rest, (laughs) but I find it. I'm not all this, this a whole critical headspace. And it's because of that renewing the mind and harmonizing that heart that I can actually live out God's promises. And so that's what I teach people to do is renew your mind, harmonize your heart, seek God, partner with him, and he will tell you how to earn your promotion. And of course, we have the seven step my promotion plan system, which is the number one way to advance your career. And I teach you every single step in the book and in my course, and we go through all of that. But if you're really going to have the confidence to do what God is calling you to do, you have to be knowing that God is for you and that he's not calling you to something that's not in your best interest and that you can do things that seem impossible. And we read story after story. I always like to think of uh, Noah, Doris, because, okay, Noah, like he was at least building that boat for 55 years, if not a hundred. So Day after day, he would get up and build a boat. He wasn't a boat builder. (laughs) He didn't do that. It's not what he did. So here he just one day he gets up and like, God told me to start building an ark. We're going to do this year after year. How many people must have thought he was crazy? Like, or called him names or didn't believe him. Like how much opposition do you think he felt? And to have to go on for that many years, we don't even live as many years as he had to go on building this ark now and in faith. So like, if we can have the faith of Noah to just trust and believe mm-hmm. if God's calling you to something like it is for you, it doesn't matter if it's not been done before because God makes new things. He creates new things. Just like my promotion planning process. It's a new thing. We have to trust it, but it's having this, this confidence. And you know, if you got to take on the the alter ego of Noah to be like, okay, I'm building the ark today in my life. That's sometimes the thing that we need to do because God knows that that better way and that plan for us. And so when we don't focus on the dollars and we focus on the love and what we can do in God's will, Mm -hmm. then it all just, it becomes easier. Yeah. Yeah. That really put it into perspective when you were talking about Noah you know, to get up and do that every day, you know, we really kind of just breeze over that story sometimes and not realize the intensity of it and what it took for him to keep going with that. And, and you're right, he faced a lot of persecution over it. But I also love how you were really reinforcing the fact that we have to put things in order, and God comes first. And it's not about chasing the almighty dollar, as people would say, it is seeking the face of the almighty God. And so I just I love how you do that. And yeah, there's a lot of biblical examples of women working. Lydia, Lydia was a very smart businesswoman. And then, you know, you have, of course, the Proverbs 31 woman, you have Deborah, who was a judge. And, you know, there was a lot of women in the in the word that are examples of those things, you know, following and putting God first. And so it's so encouraging. And I love earlier how you said that God is always talking to us, but we're just not sometimes listening for that. So I think that is so important. And you know, how you were talking about your heart transformation and mm-hmm. you could see the fruit of the change because things that you normally would, would want to do or did, you no longer 
wanted to do anymore. And that is only God. And that is only, you know, something that he can do in our lives and how you were hungry to get back to your first love, how we feel when we first meet Jesus. And then life gets hard. And sometimes, you know, we just get like dry, you know, we kind of like become like dry bones or something, but he wants to have us have life in our bones and in this fire in our bones that, you know, we just have to share with other people. And so it's important to know too, that these positions that God places us in are sometimes a place of influence that we can make a bigger impact uh, on the lives of the people that he has us in. Cause oftentimes we're not working with other believers in the workplace you know, and so we can make a big impact on how we're living our lives so they can see there's a difference. That is it, Doris, because our example is what others need to see mm-hmm. to to want to follow God. And that's why, you know, like, I, I think God, it's so interesting the way the Bible is set up, right? Because you have people that were super rich. You have people that were made Kings. Like you have, you know, you have Solomon and King David, and you have those people that were put in positions. You have Joseph that, that goes through. Right. And then we have other people like Jesus that comes and he's not born into a wealthy family, but what happens? Well, they bring him gifts, right? Mm -hmm. God brings us gifts too. Just because we're not built born into a wealthy family doesn't matter. God can still bring us gifts you know, he was a carpenter. He had an everyday job. Likely his mom worked probably because of where they were from. And so, but what we see is it's not that the financial abundance makes us better Christians. And I think that's why God gives us examples across the spectrum. It's okay to have things. It's, it's fine. It's, he knows we need them completely fine. If you want a new house, if you want a house on a beach, if you want a car or vacation, whatever those things are, tell the Lord, like, I do not want to get to heaven. And, and I say, God, I really wanted this. And he's like, well, you never prayed about that. You never asked me. So <laughs> sorry for you, you know, because we have to tell him our heart's desires. It's okay. The more we follow him, the more our desires will align with his, but it's okay for us to want things too. So we don't need to feel bad about that. We do need to tell him what we want but we want to desire him more mm-hmm. um, and also realize that monetary possessions are not the most valuable things mm-hmm. because we are born into this amazing country where we have a lot of privilege and we get to live in these houses that are, I mean, they're mansions. If somebody a hundred years ago would come to our houses today, they'd be like, you all live in mansions. Like, what is this? Even the smallest houses are like luxury today. Mm -hmm. Right. But God cared for people a hundred years ago, just as much as he cares about people today. Even when Jesus was born, like he didn't have air conditioning. There was no central air, right? You know, there wasn't uh, cotton pillowcases or satin pillowcases or whatever it was. And so it's different as time goes on. And so people are being born into different countries But you go and you see people have these rich, abundant lives because it's not about the monetary possessions. And that's where when we do our work for love, like that's where our reward will come in because we will, we, 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 the fruit of the spirit isn't just money. And I think sometimes that's missed because we equate working 
with getting paid. And usually it's like, I'm going to go and do the thing that I really don't want to do so I can get time off to spend the money I got from the thing I don't want to do, right? Or so I can get to retirement or whatever this thing is, but the fruit isn't just money. It's the relationships that you have. It's the friendships that you have. It's the experiences that you have. And those are priceless. Yeah. And That's beautifully said. Yeah. That's so true. And, and really, when we're put in a position that we're able to help other people and encourage other people, because there's so many people out there that feel pressured by their superiors because they're not being encouraged, they're being discouraged. So you get a lot more production that's positive out of those that you encourage and help. And so I just love that you are called to do that because you are making a difference in the lives of others and they are benefiting from it as well. And so is their families and able to leave a legacy. So I think that's really cool that you're doing that. So I would love if you could share how, how can the listener connect with you and find out more about these things and in the book that you've written and in the course that you mentioned and all of that, Mary. Yeah, so you can learn more at my website, um, maryjervich.com, maryjervich.com. You can also go to Coach Mary G. So that's a little easier, coachmaryg.com. And there you can learn about the courses that we have, the book, the podcast, everything. I would love to get connected with you. So, um, you know, one thing that would be really great is if I've got a free masterclass. So if you sign up for the harmonizing the heart course. Great. But if you don't just pop into the free masterclass and I'd love for you to watch it. If you're somebody that thinks, Hey, I might want to advance in my career, but if not just pop in there, that way you can get added to my email list. That way we can stay connected. I send out emails and I do free trainings and lots of different things. And I'd love to just be able to get connected to you and have a conversation. Um, you can always reach me by email at mary at mypromotionplan.com as well. But I'd love to get connected and just um, continue to grow with you. Yeah, that's great. And I help people do reach out to you. And this is even something that would be important for maybe a college student or someone that is, you know, obviously they're going to college because they're planning some type of a career and they could learn these principles early on. And, you know, biblical principles tied all into it. I love how you had the whole manuscript written. And then it was like, wait a second. God's like, I'm supposed to be in your book. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not talking to you. Yeah. yeah. And, and what a difference that made. So I love that story so much. And so I really appreciate you coming on, Mary. This has been really impactful and I think really informative. And I just appreciate you taking the time out to share your heart and the message God has given you with our listeners and how he's using you in so many different ways and you're using your gifts that he's given you. So I appreciate that so much and I hope to have you on again sometime. All right. Thank you, Doris. Absolute pleasure. Pleasure is all mine. All right, friend. Will you take care and we will talk soon. Thank you so much for listening today and I hope it really encouraged you whether you are a woman in the workforce, working outside the home, or you're working in the home, maybe you have your own business, it's really important to partner with God in any advancement 
that we expect to have in our lives because He has the plans for us already. And women do face unique challenges. And I love how Mary was saying in the show that a lot of us have an inner critic and that's not peace, which is for sure. She also said work is actually using the gifts and the creative energy that the Lord has given us to serve others in a loving way. And our true value is not found in our paychecks. It's found in the love of Jesus Christ. Amen to that. And I hope you will check out all the offerings that Mary has. And I have the links for you in the show notes at doraswift.com. So you can sign up for her monthly newsletter and connect with her. And I know that she will encourage you in whatever endeavors that you have that God has put on your heart. And so I know you can check that out, friend, and you'll be blessed. And I hope you'll join me next time when I talk with another woman who's taking action where her passion, compassion, and conviction intersect. Until then, friend, have a blessed week, and I'll talk to you soon.